Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together, we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys, too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera, and it is just me again today, everyone. <laughs> I'm very sorry if you are... Um, looking forward to hearing Taylor again, but she is still actually um, trying to get better. She will fill you in on everything that's been going on with her um, once she returns. I'm hopeful it's next week, Um, but she has been just going through some medical issues. So um, let's just give her love and support. And she has been, I've been checking in with her and she's been updating me on um, a lot of what's been going on. I just feel so bad. So we will fill you all in at some point soon, but it's just me for today. So hello. And I appreciate everyone who's been uh, sticking with us or me for the past week or two while Taylor's out. Um, It's not easy doing a podcast by myself. I've figured out. Um, It's getting easier, I guess, but it's so funny if you were looking at me right now. I am recording with, you know, our platform uses a video and I can see myself, but I'm not looking at myself. I'm kind of like looking around the room. Um, but I feel like that's kind of just how I think better is when I am um concentrating on what I'm saying and I usually just kind of focus on one thing. So this hasn't been easy, but I'm so excited I'm here this week because this is our monthly Q&A episode. And um, if any of you are new, we do a question and answer episode every first uh, Wednesday of the month. So all of our episodes come out on Wednesdays. And every first Wednesday of the month is our Q&A episodes. So we will ask you to submit your questions over DM at the Anxiety Healer or Health underscore Anxiety or the Anxiety Chicks. You can DM us questions or you can... um, we will always put in our stories a day or two before that episode. We'll put a question box. So that's where we get most of our questions from. Um, or you can email us at theanxietychicks at gmail.com with any questions you have as well. So without further ado, let's get into some. We have some good ones this week. Um, and, you know, one that I am going to get to probably at the end because I just want to spend a little bit more quality time on that question is about holiday anxiety. So stay tuned for that. There's a lot of people that have been just DMing me and talking a lot about um, how to help themselves through this time of year. So it's not always all merry and jolly for everybody and me included. So we will get to that. But here's the first question. I um, get this one a lot, and I actually talk a lot about this with my clients as well. When I'm, um, you know, I first meet my clients, we have an intake session, and then I offer a lot of psychoeducation to them throughout our time together just to teach them a little bit about anxiety and what it looks like and uh, mental health, et cetera. So, a lot of questions I 
I get, I do get this question a lot and it's what's the relationship between anxiety and depression? So if you're, chances are, I'm not going to say everyone, but chances are, if you're listening to this, you've experienced, um, a little bit of depression along with your anxiety at some point in your life. Um, or maybe after this, you, maybe you, you think you have it and then you'll listen to this and you say, maybe I have a little bit. We'll say, I don't know. Um, because now I'm not going to talk like diagnostically right now and like clinically, I'm not going to go over all of the symptoms of what it is and the DSM and all that stuff. But I am just going to say, What's most important to recognize is that anxiety and depression are kind of like siblings. And I have sort of said this on other episodes as well, where um, they're like siblings, but they kind of have different personalities. And so what I mean by that is that when you look in our um, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is what as a therapist, um, a, a licensed therapist, I it's kind of like the Bible for psychologists. That's what we go, what we look into to diagnose our clients. And um, it's what we, um, it's, it's very thick and it's full of all types of mental health diagnosis and their codes and what we need to submit to insurance companies and how we kind of um, categorize the clients that we're working with. So um, there's a lot of symptoms that you're looking at when it comes to diagnosing someone with an anxiety disorder. So there's a different type of anxiety disorders. I'm not going to go into all of it, but, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, social anxiety disorder, illness anxiety disorder, um, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. These are all kind of under the umbrella of anxiety disorders. And then there's major depressive disorders as well. Those are mood disorders, like a major depressive disorder is one of them. Um, so there's all different types of disorders that can be categorized and diagnosed. Um, but for the sake of this episode, I don't want to get too scientific. So I'm just, that's why I say anxiety and depression are kind of like, um, siblings with different personalities because a lot of the symptoms of depression and a lot of the symptoms of anxiety and different disorders, a lot of the symptoms can look different, but what's happening in our brain and the thought patterns we have can look very, very similar. So that's why a lot of people um, throughout their life, if they do struggle with anxiety, they will most likely also struggle with some depression at some point. And if they suffer with depression at some point, they might suffer with anxiety as well. Um, they're very comorbid. They're very um, connected a lot of times. And it's really because what's happening in our brain and the thought patterns we have can look very, very similar, but the symptoms can look very different. Um, so I hope that kind of helps explain that a little bit better to who asked that question. And if anyone had any, it was curious about that. Um, if you have like specific questions more about that and the, um, you know, I, I'm not, I, I diagnose, um, but I, you know, stay away from all of the science of things. A lot of times I also am not going to be diagnosing on here or to you personally because I'm not working with you in a legal sense as far as a therapist, but I can inform you and educate you. So feel free to message me if you have any questions about that. Okay, the next question, which is not really <laughs> related to 
I mean, it kind of is related, but I just thought this was a cute question and I kind of wanted to answer in case anyone wondered. Um, Someone asked how Taylor and I met. And actually, we met on Instagram. Um, So a couple of years ago when we both started our pages, there really were not a lot of people talking about mental health as candidly as people are now. And people are all – a lot of people are just – being very open about their mental health and about um, anxiety, depression, um, different types of disorders. A lot of clinicians are, you know, really using this platform now, which is amazing. I love all of it. Like helping to raise awareness for mental health is an incredible part of social media, I think. Being able to um, use our voice as, you know, clinicians and our schooling to help educate other people about um, how to help their mental health and raise awareness and and the stigma is incredible. So I love it. I love there's so many more people now. But back in the day, which was only a couple of years ago, there really weren't a lot of people doing that. Um, so Taylor and I were kind of the first out of maybe like 10, I would say like five to 10 people um, and influencers, I guess, if you want to call it, on Instagram talking about mental health in the way that we are still and people are now. Um, I was expressing a lot of my own um, concerns with myself and my own anxiety, along with being a therapist and helping other people. Um, you know, Taylor's a dietitian, so she was talking a lot about um, educating people on nutrition and also talking about her experience, personal experience with panic disorder and health anxiety. And so um, I remember just connecting with Taylor and some other people that you know, other, they weren't, a lot of them weren't even therapists. I think I connected with one other therapist that was Kimberly Quinlan. I still love her. She's um, an OCD expert. And then a lot of the other people I collaborated with weren't even, weren't really clinicians, but really understood anxiety and what they went through. And so I, I was following Taylor for a while and we had talked back and forth, um, just about our experiences and and I said thank you to her for being so open about it and she was thank you so like thank you so much for you know explaining it in ways that I didn't understand and we became friends basically on Instagram and one day I just uh DM'd her and said hey would you want to start a podcast together cuz um you know she is a bit younger than me but I love that we have different experiences in our ages and um we actually live in different parts of the U.S., so we've never physically met each other, but I really hope to soon at one point. But, you know, we've been just supports for each other for so long, and it was awesome. And we actually talked on the phone a couple times, and um, we were just like, let's do a podcast. So she, I consider her such a great, amazing person and friend. And I think with our expertise, it just works, works so well together because she knows so much about, um, you know, the physical body and the medicine that we put into it. And when I say that, I mean food and the types of, you know, nutrition that we need in order to make our bodies feel better, which we know helps the mind. And she has so much knowledge in like holistic, um, supplements and stuff like that. And, you know, we just, I think we just work really well together. So I miss you again, Taylor. But that is how we met. So thank you for asking. Uh, Okay, here is the next question. 
How do you know if an antidepressant or an anxiety medication isn't working? Okay, so I'm going to put a disclaimer right now. I am not a psychiatrist. I do not prescribe medication. I'm not a medical doctor. Um, So I'm going to share with you what my experience has been working with my clients and the ones that have been on certain medications, also myself, in my, that myself, I've experienced being on medication and it not being helpful. So I'm going to talk about my own experience. Um, I want to make sure you know that this is not any type of like diagnosis for anyone or um, – you know, I'm not trying to prescribe anything. I'm not even going to say names of medications. But um, this is based on my experience and also my knowledge of um, being in this profession and knowing what I've experienced people tell me and my clients explain to me what has worked and what hasn't. And also my research. And I have, you know, I do have some continuing education courses. I have some knowledge about it. So but I'm not a medical doctor. So if you really feel like, um, you know, you want to really consult with your doctor about anything that you are experiencing when it comes to any kind of medication, that's actually going to be my first uh, suggestion here is like, how do you know? Well, it's, it, they asked, how do you know if it's not working? I'll get to that. But I do want to say, if you if you are even asking this question, I would say that you want to, that needs to go to like a doctor or a psychiatrist. Like the question in your mind right now, if you're on a medication and you're asking yourself, is this working? I don't know if it is. Um, I am getting sort of some side effects. I'm not really sure what's going on. Never be afraid to advocate for yourself and ask your doctor those questions. And if you feel like your doctor is not, um, you know, being compassionate and really telling you, giving you information that you understand, see a psychiatrist. I'm a huge advocate of actually seeing a psychiatrist specifically for psychiatric medications and not just your primary doctor. I know how that can be so difficult, especially in the U.S. because it's very expensive, but honestly, to me, it's worth it. Um, because they will really spend more time with you and assess you very thoroughly before prescribing you anything. Okay. That being said, let me see. Okay. How do you know if it isn't working? So what I would say is if you, um, there, it's, it's very, in my experience, again, it's very rare that someone will go to their primary doctor or go to a psychiatrist and be prescribed, um, a certain medication and it, and it being the one that like works wonderfully. Um, there just have been a lot of people in my clients in my practice and myself included that have had to go through a couple different types of medications in order to find the best fit for them. Um, everyone has different brain chemistry. Everyone has different body chemistry. Um, you know, there are, is no really one way to tell if that one specific thing will work exactly for you. Um, some may disagree. And I think some people probably would go, um, some people listening might say, oh my gosh, I found the medicine that works amazing for me. And I am so happy. So I love that. And I'm so happy they, they, that that is the case. But a lot of times it takes a little bit of trial and error. Um, 
And so what I would say is if if you are really um like if you have have started, you know, taking some type of medicine and you're just feeling like there's not really been any type of um shift. Now I would say there's a lot of medication that takes a little bit of time to start working. So probably listening and you've started, you've tried medication, you've heard your doctor probably say, give it a cup, give it at least 10 days, give it a couple weeks, whatever. And that can be the case. So, you know, be patient with yourself, but really the best thing for you to do, if there is any kind of feeling that you are having that any medicine is just, you just have any questions about it in your mind, even after starting it, you probably had questions in your mind about it before being prescribed it. So if you still have any questions in your mind while you're taking it, always consult with your doctor or the psychiatrist. And I don't care how many times you have to ask them the same question or how many times you have to go back in and say, hey, listen, this is happening. Like This has changed. Advocate for yourself and make sure you are asking these questions to the doctor or the psychiatrist. That is kind of the best answer for this, honestly, um, because I can't just give you an answer, say, well, this is why this isn't working for you. I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not going to say that. And I don't even know um, what even medication she's talking about. Um, What I can say is when it comes to medication, always be your own advocate. Yes. (laughs) It's something else I wanted to say, but I'm just thinking how passionate I am about really advocating for yourself when it comes to mental health and especially medication. You also know that if you go and see someone, you go see a doctor or you go see a psychiatrist, they might prescribe you with something. It doesn't mean you have to take it, okay? You could do some research. You could get another opinion if you wanted whatever you wanted. This is how you advocate for yourself. So when it comes to medication, just make sure that that is the number one um, number one thing you think about. So I guess I don't really have a real answer of like, how do you know if it's not working? I would say if you just are feeling like that and you're kind of like, oh, I don't know what's going on and you're having this kind of question in your mind of whether it is or not, go back to your doctor or psychiatrist and tell them that. Tell them your concerns. That is the number one thing. Okay. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. Hi, healers. I want to talk to you today about Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a lot of salt with no sugar. It contains a science backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligram sodium. 200 milligrams potassium, 60 milligrams magnesium, with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, and no BS. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited to folks following a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the condition of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. 
Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. Electrolyte is honestly one of my favorite types of drinks to drink, those like electrolyte drinks. And I honestly was using one before I found Element. I'm not going to name it. And it was, there was so much sugar. And it just did not taste great. I remember I used to just chug it because it tasted so gross, but I knew it would feel pretty good, but it didn't really help as much as Element did. And when I got Element, their orange flavor was actually so good that I completely switched right away. So let me just tell you, Element is the way to go. And right now, Element's offering our listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash anxiety chicks. This deal is only available through our link. So you have to go to drinklmnt.com slash anxiety chicks. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, Share it with a salty friend and they will give your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. Ever feel tightness in your tummy sitting in rush hour traffic or can't sleep because of your never ending to-do list? Yep, happens to the best of us. That's because your gut, not your brain, is responsible for your stress response. It is the core of our overall health. Personally, I trust Just Thrive, and I've used a lot of different probiotics. Their probiotic is a game changer for dealing with bloat, skin, and stomach issues, and it's the easiest way to stay healthy by supporting our immune system. And it's been shown to help flip the switch on stress so you can feel confident and in control. And for next-level stress management, I pair the probiotic with Just Thrive's breakthrough new formula, Just Calm. Just Calm's proprietary ingredients have been clinically proven to do the almost unimaginable. Reduce perceived stress, improve sleep quality and energy, and even encourage better focus and flow. Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm make the perfect one-two punch to beat stress before it beats you. No fake marketing, no claims, just real scientifically proven results to help you be the best you. And the best part, Just Thrive products are all natural. You can learn more about this groundbreaking company on episode 88, and trust us, you'll love this combo. Right now, you can get 15% off this dynamic duo when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code anxietychicks at checkout. That's justthrivehealth.com. Use code anxietychicks at checkout. Okay. Welcome back, everyone. Okay. Two more great questions. This one, I think I just feel passionate about again as well. I have a lot of passion today, y'all. Okay. This person asks, if no one understands your panic attack and and seems annoyed by it, what is to be done? Okay. So this person is basically asking, what do I do if someone is annoyed at me because I'm having a panic attack and doesn't understand what I'm going through? 
Okay. Well, honestly, unfortunately, there are a lot of people that are just very judgmental or not open to understanding more about mental health. And it sounds like that might be uh, what's going on here. And I would say really start to set your boundaries and maybe uh, not surround yourself with that person or those types of people, honestly. I mean, if there's anything that I've learned just going through my own healing experience and and even struggling, you know, anxiety healing is a lifelong journey, y'all. So it's not linear. You're going to be working on healing anxiety forever. You're just going to. Life happens and things are going to trigger you. What matters is knowing how you manage those emotions when those challenges happen, right? So part of that, part of knowing how to manage that is figuring out your healing toolkit, right? Having a toolkit full of strategies, coping skills, um, uh, exercise, visualization exercises, like grounding techniques, like ways to regulate your nervous system, and most importantly, your support system. That's part of your toolkit. So if you have been around what you think was maybe a support system because, you know, they share your DNA or you know, there's someone you've known since you were two and, you know, you've thought of them as quote unquote, I'm making quotes, support system, but they actually make you feel worse about yourself and they don't understand your anxiety and they judge you for it and they make you feel bad about it and um, you don't feel safe with them, then that is actually not a support. Okay. So I'm just going to give you permission right now to set boundaries with that person or even just say, I need to take space. I need to take a break because that is not a safe person that should be in your toolkit, okay? Someone who's going to understand and not get annoyed because you're actually having a strong emotion to something, a reaction to something, Um, you struggle with your mental health. Someone who is a safe person is going to hold space with you, who's going to be able, what that means is going to be able to sit with you and not try and fix what's going on but empathize with you and just try to understand and ask you what you need in that moment. Um, not, not, you know, judge you, not try to say, you know, oh, relax, just relax, which has never worked in the history of anxiety. Um, someone who's really going to not let their reactions to things interfere with what you need in that moment either, which is why sometimes it can be really triggering for a lot of people that have anxiety or struggle with panic attacks to be around other people that have panic attacks and anxiety at that moment. Like sometimes it can be helpful, I think, to be around people that understand, that also struggle with anxiety and understand. But when you're in this like panicked state, a lot of times it's better to be around someone who isn't also like in a crisis moment at that time and isn't also freaking out, you almost can like, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but for me, I know certain people that there's, I definitely don't want around when I'm having like a panic attack or an anxiety attack because they will fuel that. They almost make me more scared. Like, oh my God, what's going on? Oh my gosh, you're okay. You're okay. No, no, no. Let's do this. And they start like freaking out also. It's just like, no, no, no. I need someone. (laughs) I need someone who's going to say, okay, come here you're okay. Let's just, let's breathe together. I want you to focus on my face. You know, tell me, tell me what you see around me, you know, tell me what you notice, tell me what you feel. Um, 
you know, let, let's hold my hand. Can we hold hands together? Let's do this. You know, you need someone who like can ground you, you know what I mean? In those moments. Now that's like for like, maybe when you're just having panic attacks, but with anxiety too, it can be good to have someone who understands anxiety. Yes. But isn't like fueling that fear. You know what I mean? So I would say, Try and just set some boundaries if those people are saying you're annoying, especially the word annoying. That's so rude. Sorry. Like who would even say you're so annoying because you have anxiety or whatever? I even just don't even call anyone annoying. That's actually annoying. <laughs> um, okay. So last question, which I think everyone will be excited about is, um, oh, wait, sorry. I just lost it. Hold on. Here it is. Okay. How do you deal with holiday anxiety? And how do you deal with feeling alone during the holidays, even with family? Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So obviously everybody has different types of anxiety, right, in general. Well, that goes for the holidays too. Everybody experiences different types of anxiety. If they do struggle with it, it could be related to so many different things during the, during the holidays. You know, so she particularly talks about feeling alone during the holidays with family. So we'll get to that. But there are other ways, other types of anxiety that come up through the holidays, right? Like one could be financial. There's a lot of people that this is time of year is very, very stressful financially for them because of course they want to be able to support their family if they have one and buy their kids some presents or, you know, if they're having, if they always host or if they have to bring some things to people, like that's an expense, having to buy food and um, even gifts for other family members and stuff like that, that can be a really big expense. So this time of year can be really, really hard for um, people financially. Um, a couple of things that you can do when it comes to finances during the holidays or just in general, setting a budget can be really, really helpful. So a lot of people don't love like the word budget, but if you decide how much you can spend, you're more likely to spend less. So think about like different situations where you're going to be with family or like friends for a big event. Like maybe do a white elephant or a secret Santa kind of gift exchange. Um, you can look up white elephant. It's like a cute, a cute way to just buy one gift. Um, but that kind of thing can be really helpful. So maybe like suggest that, you know what I mean? Um, also with finances, I mean, this is kind of like since COVID, this is basically what everybody does. But back in the day, this isn't what everyone does. But, um, you know, most people will order online. So that saves you a lot of time. Not that that saves you so much money, although there can be specials and stuff. But sometimes it can, you know, be helpful to just see what you're buying online and kind of make a list and stay to that list and say, this is what I need to get and that's it. So like put items in your cart, right? Say you're putting them in Amazon. Okay. Put them in your cart, log out. And then usually this has been happening to me. They know like what's in your cart. So they'll send you, um, sometimes they'll send you emails or they'll send you like an alert that says, hey, this item's been on sale. This item went down or it's on sale for the holidays. Um, anyway, that's just like a little tidbit, but I've noticed that. And then you can get like a certain percentage off. You know what I mean? 
Um, also, I think financially, something that's good that I always love to do is instead of, you know, buying um like a big lavish gift I'll off I'll I'll give like an experience so like for my niece and nephew this year I'm going to take my nephew now this does cost a little bit of money but it's still an experience like I want to bring my nephew to to a cooking class um but like you know that yeah that does cost a little money but you know for uh, it's just an example I'm thinking of experiences like with my niece I want to take her to um I want to like buy uh, this is actually cheaper, but we go to Michael's and we'll buy some like cheap, you know, craft stuff and we'll do that together. And that's basically like her present, you know, I'll, we'll buy like something really, really not expensive and just, but do it together. That's actually the present is actually doing it together. Um, but also, you know, gifts, maybe not, you know, Christmas day, but to parties and stuff, homemade cookies or candies right? Or, you know, stuff like that. That really is inexpensive to kind of make some of those things and wrap them up really cute. That can be good. Okay. Finances. You're like, get, get on with it. I don't really care about financial stuff. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So also with some other, you know, things that might cause anxiety during the holidays, travel, so travel can cause anxiety, you know, especially if you're going on a plane and you actually hate flying. If that's the case, go listen to our fear of flying episode or how to overcome fear of flying because that will seriously help you so much. Um, also traveling by car, there's just a lot of, um, I don't even want to, okay, let me think. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. You're like, what? Um, I would just say if you're traveling by car, make sure you have some good headphones, you know, or like something good to listen to if you're traveling far. Um, bring some, you know, if, if you're in the back seat, like a pillow or something cozy, um, maybe an eye mask, maybe some aromatherapy, some water, especially water, maybe even a frozen water bottle because the, the, the cold ice, put it on the back of your neck or on your wrist and that totally calms your nervous system right away. Just talked about boundaries too with the question before. You can apply that to the holidays, BT dubs. Um, setting boundaries during the holidays are going to be really, really important. So if you, um, feel like you are feeling pressure to stay somewhere or to, um, like come at a certain time and then leave at a certain time, like that's what you've always done at your mom's house or that's what you always done at your cousin's. It is okay for you to say, I'm coming at two and leaving at four. If you don't like being around these people, okay. <laughs> That is a boundary. It's okay for you to say, I'm doing this and then I'm going to leave here. And it's okay. And guess what? If someone gives you, you know, tries to give you a guilt trip and say, oh my God, where are you going? Why? Oh my gosh. Keep everything short and simple. I'm tired. I want to go home. Or I have this to do and I'm, I'm going to come at that time. Don't explain anything else. Just keep repeating that. Okay? Okay. Also with certain family members, you know. You might just want to set some boundaries with some of those people. But actually, I talk a lot about um, surviving family during the holidays on my um, the, the Anxiety Healing School course, Healing Holiday Anxiety. I actually just posted it today. Um, and it's an entire course. It's self-paced. Um, I mean, it 
focuses on family pressure, health anxiety, financial stress, travel anxiety, um, toxic family members, overindulging in food and alcohol, how to help that, fear of not being perfect. It talks all about all those pressures during the holiday season. And um, it really gives you some really good tips on what to do to kind of help yourself through the next couple weeks. So you can create a self-care plan to decrease holiday anxiety, um, find peace in situations that feel uncomfortable, create boundaries. It includes some mindfulness tools that can create inner peace, what steps you need to take to heal your travel anxiety and survive the family during the holiday season. So the link is in the show notes, but make sure that you put holiday 15 at checkout because you'll get 15% off if you want to learn more on how to heal your holiday anxiety. So again, holiday 15 for 15% off. I'll put it in the show notes. So healing holiday anxiety is my new course and check that out if you're really feeling it the next couple of weeks. Okay. So you will learn a lot about surviving family, surviving toxic family during the holidays in that course. Okay. So the second part of this, feeling alone during the holidays, even with family. So this is also, I dive deeper into this in the course as well. But what I will say is this really actually kind of hits home with me because I just had my dad pass in August and I broke up with my boyfriend um, in July. So there is a lot of loneliness that I've been feeling even way before this holiday. Um, But I, you know, I I mean, even the last couple of years, I've never been married. You guys all know this. I don't have any kids. Um, I've been through years and years of the holidays, you know, with my niece and nephew growing up and feeling so grateful that I was able to experience Christmas with them in their eyes when they were little. And I do have supportive people in my life and still continue. I always loved Christmas when I was little. And I always dreamed about having a family of my own and kids of my own, you know, to talk to talk about Santa with and all that stuff. And there's a really lonely feeling that happens during the holidays. And I think a lot of people forget about that because there's so much commercialism about joy and yay. And oh my gosh, like everywhere you turn, I mean, the Hallmark Channel, all this stuff. And the truth is like, it can be a lonely time. And so I think something that can really um, be helpful. And I know this, this person, this healer wrote, especially with family she feels lonely. It's okay. I Like I said before, boundaries. It's okay to make sure that what you need, what you focus on is your needs for the next couple of weeks. So your family might give you pressure to do certain things, but you really need to stick to your guns and know what feels good for you right now. So, you know, like for me, there might have been a time on Christmas Eve, you know, we all would be able, we all would get together and for like three days straight, I would stay at my parents or like stay at my sister's. And this year I want to be with my yoga community on Christmas Eve, like in during the day, I'm going to go to a yoga class and I'm going to spend some time with them. And then I'm going to go a little later to my sister's and that'll be totally fine. And then the next day I'll probably come home and Christmas morning I'll spend with my niece and nephew, but I'll come home and um, just 
reset kind of, probably do a yoga video, spend some time maybe, and then go back for dinner. I, it's really, really important to spend time with people that really make you feel loved and make you feel good this time of year. And finding a community can be really, really helpful. So for me, I'm very spiritual. I'm not necessarily religious. So my yoga community is amazing for me. Um, I'm also kind of trying to learn more about some like non-denominational, you know, churches in the area um, or just kind of any communities that are more spiritual that I can spend time with this time of year. Um, And just really that lift me up, you know, and try and remind yourself that there are times that you will feel lonely and that lonely is a temporary emotion and that many times when people feel lonely, they feel so alone, but they really aren't. So I know like the past couple of days I've been, I just been feeling lonely. I just posted something on my stories today about like, I had a dream about my ex after like five months later and been thinking about him a lot and thinking about my dad and just feeling really lonely. But I've also had a lot of joy the past couple of days and I've been feeling gratitude. I've been feeling sad sometimes, but those feelings are temporary. And when I really think about it, am I alone? No. I'm not. And that's actually when I reached out to some friends. I spoke with one friend I haven't talked to in a while yesterday. And sometimes you just need to be the one to be a little proactive and and reach out to who you need and say, hey, I just need to talk to a friend today. And I just need to talk to someone. Is that is that cool? Um, and that can just feel really, I, I just, for lack of a better word, it can just feel cozy. Like it feels cozy to me to reach out to the people I know who really I miss and who understand what it's like to be in this position. Even if they're not right now, everyone knows what it feels like to feel lonely. So know that there's our communities here with all the healers. And, um, you know, on my page, it really helps people feel less alone. I love that. Um, And so – feel free to DM me if, if you're ever feeling that loneliness. And I would love to, I'd love to just give you some support as much as I can through the social media. <laughs> anyway, I hope that helps. Um, this was a great episode for our Q and A. I am, um, oh my gosh, let's hope that Taylor's back. Fingers crossed, please, you know, speedy recovery. Um, keep her in your thoughts and, um, Go to the show notes for all of, you know, the information on my healing healing holiday anxiety course if you're looking into it. And um, I love you guys. Happy healing. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.